and I'll finish up on my own. Amen. Second uh, Chronicles chapter three, verse number fourteen. Uh, in Second Chronicles chapter three, we find uh, Solomon constructing the temple. The money that he spent to build this temple, the value of it today will be in the billions of dollars for all the gold and all the silver and the precious stones that went into this temple and that was destroyed later on by Nebuchadnezzar. And what I'm interested in is in what we find in verse number 14. And he made the veil of blue and purple and crimson and fine linen and wrought cherubims thereon. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we just ask you to open our hearts and minds. Lord, bring peace into our lives, Lord. Bring peace into our situations. As the song says, you calm the storms, but sometimes you have to calm us, Lord. And Lord, we just ask you to speak to our hearts this morning, Lord, uh, and all the things that's going on in our lives and all the things that's going on in this world, Lord, we know that you can bring peace. And Father, we thank you for what you do, what you're about to touch hearts this morning. Empty yourself and fill them with thy spirit. In the precious name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen, amen. You may be seen. Uh, in this temple was a place called the Holies of All, or the Holy Place. And many have heard it called the Holies of Holies. And this is the place where they put the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of Covenant was the, the had the tables, uh, two tables of stones uh, that uh, Moses had when he came off of Mount Sinai. And it also had the rod of, of Aaron that budded and, and some manna that had gathered up that God fed, that fell from heaven, that God fed the children. It was covered with gold. It had two large cherubims on each side of it. And it was called the mercy seat. And in this place, the Bible said that uh, uh, that is where the presence of God came down and dwell on that mercy seat between the two cherubims. Nobody was allowed to go back there, back where the ark was, back where the mercy seat, except the high priest, and only then once a year. He was not to come lagging around. He was not just to come to look. He was not come to just view. But, uh, but the Bible said that when he came in once a year, he was to come in with the blood of the Lamb and take that blood and place it on the mercy seat. And the Bible said God would forgive and forget their sins, but only for a year. And at the end of the year, there would have to be a remembrance of the sin. And again, they would have to offer up another sacrifice. Again, another lamb had to die. Again, he had to go in and lay the blood on the mercy seat. But what I'm interested in is what separated mankind from the presence of God. What separated mankind from the power and the presence and the Shagana glory and the light of God that was in the holy place that was behind the veil. The veil, the Bible said it was square. It was 30 feet by 30 feet and 4 inches thick. It took 300 men to hang this veil in the temple. 
The veil was so thick that you could walk up to the veil and press your face on it and you could not see to the other side. The veil was so thick just in case somebody would walk alone and trip and fell, they could not fall through this veil. You couldn't get over it, you couldn't get around it, you couldn't get under it. This was a constant reminder to the children of Israel. You may ask, what's the point of this veil? Why did God see the veil up? This veil was a constant reminder of man's separation from a holy God. As long as this veil stood, it reminded those people, the Jews, and it reminded the world there was a constant barrier. There was a constant separation. There was a, uh, always something between the presence of God and the power of Almighty God this morning. It took them all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 to where mankind was in the Garden of Eden. And because of the sin, because of the rebellion, because of walking away from God, and what now was become uh, what God used to be, a fellowship in the garden with Eden. They walked in the cool of the day, and God held hands with Adam and Eve. Uh, but now there's a veil that separates mankind. It separated them from the fellowship of God. It separated them from the presence of God. And that veil is a constant reminder. And this veil also is a symbol that fact that your sins and my sins has become in between you and a righteous and holy God. Everyone that here that's born into the world is an alienated from a God. It's not in it. You're not born into the family of God when you were birthed from your mother, but you've got to be born again to get behind, to get on the other side of this veil. Notice that it was made of blue, purple, crimson, and fine linen. All these are pictures in the Bible. Blue is a picture of the heaven. When you walk out the door, you look up, you see blue, you see the heavens, what God has created. Purple is that picture of the royalty. They were reminded that they did not have any claim to royalty. They did not have no claim to the royal blood. They had no claim to the king of kings and lord of lords. It was the royalty of God. Crimson is a picture of the blood. The shedding of blood. It also reminded them that that blood had to be shedded once a year over and over. It's not one time, but it had to be shed once a year over and over. Then, then the fine linen, that is the picture of the righteousness of the saints. It is the picture of God applying His righteousness to you and I this morning. This veil also shows they could not just get into heaven. They cannot get to royalty. It reminded them that blood had to be shed every year, once a year, all time. But it also showed that they had no righteousness of God in their life. 
But according to Romans chapter 10, they tried to make their own righteousness and apply it to their lives. They never could attain it. The full, free righteousness of God. You'll never be able to do it within yourself. They tried to do it themselves. This was a constant reminder. It was in their face every day. You are separated from God. You're separated from the presence of God. You're separated from the power of God. Every day they got up, they had to look at this veil. They couldn't go behind it. They couldn't look over it. They couldn't look under it. This veil reminded them, you are separated from God. Turn to Matthew chapter 27. Remember that we're separated by this veil. Matthew 27, chapter 27, verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yelled up, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks did rent. On this day at Calvary, as the Son of God hangs suspended between heaven and earth, hangs suspended between God and mankind, God Christ cries out to somewhere in the glory world, a hand reaches down and rips that veil from the top to the bottom. You say, what's the point of that? It shows you in there... You and I, that therefore there is no condemnation. There's no separation. The door was open. Anybody can come in at any time. This morning preaching on what got revealed when the veil was ripped. Because uh, that veil opening up, there were some things that got revealed to you and I this morning because God ripped the veil. I can remind you that it was the Levites that had the veil, ripped the veil. It wasn't the Levites. It wasn't the priests. Uh, they were too scared to even touch this veil. They wouldn't look around it. They wouldn't look at the cart. They wouldn't get around this veil. It wasn't them. It wasn't the priests. It wasn't the Romans. God had to rip this veil. I don't see anybody tall enough to reach to the top and ripping this veil in two. God. And when he ripped this veil, it was the hand of God and God signified something spiritual by showing us something physical. In Hebrews chapter 9 this morning. Hebrews chapter 9. Verse number 3. And after the second veil, the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid around about the gold. There was a golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that had budded in the tables of the covenant. And over on it was a cherubim of glory shadowing, shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. Paul is talking about the Old Testament covenant here. 
He's talking about that Old Testament tabernacle here. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests were, went always into the first tabernacle according to the service of God. But into the second went the high priest once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. Mm. The Holy Ghost that signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. And watch what the old picture of the Testament is, verse 11. But Christ being come and high priest of good things come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is said not of this building neither by the blood of goats and the calves but by the, his own blood. He entered once in the holy place obtaining mercy eternal redemption. He went once in the holy place, not the uh, holy place on earth, but the holy place in heaven. Listen to me. Having ordained eternal redemption for us. He did not have to do it uh, uh, over and over again. And he brought eternal salvation. He brought eternal redemption for you and I this morning. God had settled it. Whoop. About to have me a spell here. Y'all just have to get on ride with me. Verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of the heifer sprinkled for the unclean practice, uh, sanctified through the purification of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, mm, who through the eternal spirit offered himself up without spot of God, purge your Conscious from dead works. Oh, mm. Here in this morning down in, here in this tabernacle down here that has been read about. Uh, but the Bible said that this is just a picture. And in the Old Testament it was just a picture of the tabernacles up there. When God gave Moses, when God gave Solomon the instructions on the, how to build that tabernacle. It was just not something out of the plan. Uh, what God gave them was an exact replica of the tabernacle that's in heaven. He said, well, uh, what's going up on up there? Hey, you see the tabernacle? in heaven you see the mercy seat in heaven you see where the blood had to be applied you also see a veil that's in heaven that separated mankind from God I'm looking at this thinking oh my God we have been separated for a long time from God it's an exact replica of what's in heaven but on that day Jesus died on Calvary on the old rugged cross, God just not split the veil in Jerusalem, but God also ripped the veil in heaven. <clears throat> Amen. God opened a separation up, and He said, Whosoever will, whosoever will. It doesn't matter if you white, black, poor, rich. Uh, you can come and take of the water freely. Uh, this morning you can come uh, and said uh, you can come into the tabernacle. You can get on the mercy seat. But there's some things that was revealed when God ripped this 
veil. The first thing that was revealed when God ripped this veil was access and acceptance was revealed. You realize standing in the temple that was, there was a veil, but also in heaven there was a veil. That tells me that I could never, I could never gain access into heaven. I could never gain access to God because of the veil that separated us. I could never get into that place. I was alienated from the Bible said I, I was without the promise of Israel. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, having no hope and without God in this world, I could never get to where he was. I could never go to where he was to bring me. I had to get somebody. Listen, somebody had to bring me into where God is. Somebody had to take a hold of me and says, hey, uh, you want to go with me? Uh, you got to go with me. Uh, you can't get in on your own. Uh, I had somebody that brought me in. When the veil got ripped on earth, you know what it showed? It showed God gave access to every man, everyone. If you want it, if you want the acceptance, you want the, the access into the road, you got to do it only through Christ Jesus. Listen, when you read in Hebrews, you get around the only way to get access and the substance of the holy place, it's not by your good works. It's not by being a church member. It's not by being baptized. The only way to get access into heaven and into the throne of God is by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to gain access to the one by the one who gave the access. And that's what Jesus done to us this morning. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. I love that. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not peace by God by your good works. Not by peace by God because you're somebody special. But, but through the works of the Lord Jesus Christ. By whom we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There was a day I tapped into something. I accessed something. I got a hold of something. You say, how'd you get it? I got it by grace of God. I could not access it being good. I could not be doing my good works. Uh, I could not do it by being a great person. I had to access by the grace of God. I can't ask it. Listen, I ain't good enough as a human to get access. I'm not good enough as a preacher to gain access into the throne of God. It's not me. But you know what? Each and every one of us had to get invited in. God ripped that veil from top to bottom. Says, whosoever, whoever, whosoever come in. You don't need somebody. I don't have to go through a priest. I don't have to go through a preacher. I don't have to go through a pope. I can enter in by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning. Amen. We see what God revealed. When the veil was ripped. We see what he's done for you and I when the veil was ripped. 
We have access. We have acceptance. There's also an association and an adoption that was revealed. I have become associated with him this morning. You say, what does that mean? That means I've got everything he's got. <laughs> I might not look like it this morning, <laughs> but I got a lot. <laughs> I've got everything that he's got. He, you know what the Bible says? We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. <laughs> it said whatever he has, uh, whatever he can obtain, uh, I can get it. Uh, I can attain it. Uh, he said, hey, uh, I'm just like his brother. I can get what he's got. Uh, I thank God. Uh, and when he looked at his father and says, Father, I can look at him too and say, Father, we are joining. We are brothers. I have what he has this morning. Amen. Because. Because of Calvary. I've got what Jesus has got this morning. If you were to leave the church this morning and found out that you had a rich relative, I don't know how many of you got rich relatives, and found out that they died this morning and left you $10 million, you'd come back in here next week. Woo! Woo! I'm great. I've got money. I'm good. You let everybody know that you just inherited $10 million. Well, let me just tell you something. Born again, washed by the blood, you just inherited a whole, whole lot more than that. Amen? Why don't your face show it? Amen? My father owns the cattle on 10,000 hill. Good grief. I've got a home built. Praise God. I've got everything that Jesus got this morning. I'm not looking for riches. I'm not looking for power. I'm not looking for glory. Jesus already has it. And what he's got, I've got with him. Amen. told you that veil was made of blue, a picture of the heaven, purple, a picture of royalty, crimson, a picture of the blood, and fine linen, a picture of the righteousness. I told you, when they saw it, they couldn't have none of these things. They couldn't have the, the, the heaven. They couldn't have the uh, royalty. They couldn't have the, uh, they had to shed the blood every year. They couldn't have the righteousness of God. Let me tell you this. Do you realize in the Old Testament, not one of them, not one of them, David came the closest, but not one of them had salvation. Not one. What do you mean? Not one. Bible said when they died, where did they go? They went to the bosom of Abraham. It's just a holding place. They didn't have salvation. That veil reminded them they could never attain all of that. They couldn't have the righteousness. They couldn't have the, the royalty. They couldn't have heaven. They couldn't have anything. They had to be in a holding place. But thank God, 
in the New Testament on Calvary's hill, the veil was ripped. And what they could not get, what they could not obtain, what they could not have, I got it. I have it. I have salvation this morning. I have Jesus this morning. I got what they could not get this morning. Amen. I'm about to really have a spell. Oh, thing. While that veil was standing, they did not have a full cleansing of their sins. But when that veil got ripped, the Bible said that the blood of Jesus Christ was enough for all. I could not have righteousness on my own. But when the veil got ripped, he gave, he imputed his righteousness unto you and I. So when God sees me, he no longer sees that filthy, wretched sinner. He no longer sees that old, rotten, stinking scoundrel. He sees his son, Jesus Christ. What you see before you, I've not always been. I was once so broken and battered by sin. The story that I tell you is such a marvelous thing. How love brought together a beggar and a king. I traded for riches the rags of my soul. I gave him the pieces and he made them whole. I brought him nothing he gave me everything. He found a beggar, and I found a king. What has God revealed when that veil got ripped? I got association. I got adopted. Romans 8 and 15 says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Jesus cried, Abba, Father, on the cross. He said, what does that mean? <laughs> it's not like the same thing when your child crawled up in your lap and says, Daddy, Daddy. Abba, Father is more of a personal, personal cry. That's when your child crawls up in your lap and goes, Daddy! Daddy! I now can say, Daddy! I now can say, Daddy! I now can call him my father. I'm now being adopted. I'm no longer a stranger. I'm not on the outside, but I've been adopted into the family of God today. Thank God when that veil was ripped, I got adopted into heaven. Mm, my goodness. We ought to be just jumping and shouting and running around the church this morning. Amen. Does anybody ever here know what the process of adoption? Let me tell you. When you decide you want to adopt a child, you've got to go through a long process. You've got to fill out paperwork. They need to know everything about you. 
what your meal was yesterday, how much money you make, what you wear, what you have. They need to know everything about you. This process goes on. I've seen a lot of adoptions. I know a lot of people that have been adopted. I watched some adoption shows, and it's not an easy thing to go through, but they adopted them. And it's just, <laughs> I, I know this man adopted this. He did. His mom and daddy adopted him. His little child, little girl. Said uh, they fell in love with her. He said he won my mom and daddy's heart. So they went to the courts. They adopted. And they asked us and asked him and he asked his mother and father, says, uh, why do you want to adopt? And they said, she, she stole our heart. We've fallen in love with her. So they asked the little girl, says, you want to be adopted by them? I said, yes, I love them. He said the lawyer, the judge looked at him, the son, the son. The one was born by them. Looked at him and looked at the parents. Says, "You know what now happens? That boy right there. You know what? Y'all can cut him out. Y'all can get rid of him. Y'all can just disown him. That's what you can do. That's the old child. You can do that." He said, "But this one right here that you adopted, you can't do that. You can't do that." We have won the heart of the Father. He's not going to cast us out. He's going to keep us by. You know, we, we ain't good. Ain't none of us good. But I'm so glad that my Father forgives. And y'all forgive your children when they make mistakes, don't you? Yeah. Thank you. They, you have to because don't you? They be hating them up on all day long because they make a lot of mistakes. But we have won the heart of our Father. I've been adopted into the kingdom of God. I can call him Abba, Father. He is my Father. The Bible said in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. That is neither male nor female. For y'all one in Christ Jesus. Once you're born again, once you get in Christ, he sees the blood. We have the access, we have the acceptance, and we have the association, we have the adoption. And we have the atonement, and the assurance was revealed. Verse 22, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in heaven, here you go again, the patterns of things in heaven should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves them better sacrifice than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but in heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Verse 28, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall be a, he appear 
the second time without sins unto salvation. In the Old Testament, there were, the, the veil, while that veil was still there, there was not only one time a year they come in for, for the atonement of sins. And the, the Bible said that it was a yearly, it was a remembrance to them to come back every year. God remembered the sins. God did not forget the sins. They, they had to go there every day. And that veil was in their face. And that symbolized the fact that you, you had to keep doing what you were doing. You had to keep doing something. You had to, something had to die. You had to keep working. And you had to keep trying. You had to keep walking. You had to be, keep moving. They walked around in a fearful state that they might die in their state of their sins. But we're living in a time. We're living in a place that when we got access into that place uh, there the veil got ripped and my atonement now sits on the mercy seat in heaven the Bible said let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may attain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need do you realize who's sitting on that mercy seat this morning you say what does that mean what does it mean to us? That means he's my salvation. He's my salvation. He's my redemption. He's my everything. So when I come, I can come straight to him. I don't have to go through anybody else. Nobody else can have to lead me. I get there by myself. Because my atonement has been made, I have atonement this morning. I have assurance. I know beyond a shadow of doubt that my debt has been paid. My debt has been paid. I may be in debt to this world for other things, but thank God I'm not in debt for my sins. They've been purged. They've been washed. They're behind the Father's back. My debt has been paid. With all this access that we have, all this we have to gain, the access, the acceptance, the association, adoption, and atonement, and assurement. Why would anybody stay on the outside looking in? Let me tell you this. In the temple that day when Christ hung and he says, cried out aloud, it's finished, the veil was ripped. Do you know what the priest did? The priest said, oh, we can't have this. We can't have this. If they come and see this veil is ripped, we have no longer control over them. They won't listen to us. They'll follow somebody else. They won't so what they did, they sewed it back up. You know what? There's a lot of people today that's sewing that veil back up. They want to stay on this side. They don't want the substance. They don't want the association. They don't want the access to that. They says, you know what? I'll just stay on this side. There's a lot of Christians that sewn that veil back up in their life today. They don't want it. They don't want it. Why, with all that you can have and obtain this morning, why would you stand on the outside and look it in? That's like standing on the outside of a window. <laughs> 
You ever went shopping as a little kid and looking on this? Boy, we used to be uptown. There was a there was a store on the corner up there, and, and it used to have all these big old jars of gumballs and all that stuff out there. And every time I walked by there, my mouth would just mort. I lived right across the rail tracks, right across there. I lived right there. I'd walk over every day and look at. Knowing I couldn't get them, I was broke. I was under, I didn't have no money. In fact, I think if they'd caught me over there, because I went about five or six when I was over there, <laughs> they'd probably whip me for doing that. But I loved going over and looking at all those dumb, you know, having a gully wallace, gumballs, one of them jaw breakers. I look at them, my mouth was just water. But I had to walk away because I couldn't go in. I couldn't go in. I was out there one day, had my nose placed up against that window, looking at that, my tongue looking at that window, thinking, hoping, just thinking in my mind, I've got a hold of that a little bit. And that man seen me in there. And I seen him coming, I started to run. He said, hold up. I stopped. I said, oh, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. He said, come here. I walked over, had my head down. I just knew I was going to get whipped, and he's going to go over and tell my grandmama she's going to whip me again. I'm going to get two whippings today. I don't like today. He said, what you doing? I said, well, I was just kind of looking at your candy there, and I kind of, and he said, won't you buy one? I ain't got no money. In fact, I didn't even know what money was. So broke. I heard people talk about it. I ain't never seen it. He said, come in. He said, what you like? And a great old big egg speckle round one like that. I said, I like that. He says, here. He reached in there and pulled that. I said, here. Sorry, I don't have no money. Here. It is a gift. Boy, when I put that thing in my mouth, I walked back across the railroad tracks. <laughs> I was, I was, I was stepping out tall. I didn't realize the thing was chewing gum. Once you bite into it, blow up in your mouth. Why do we stand on the outside when God says it's free? It's free. The veil has been ripped. The veil has been ripped. The atonement's been paid. Your debt's been settled. Let us stand this morning.